everybody, Shaggy's House of Horrors, episode three. I feel like Star Wars has ruined anybody saying episode anything, but we made it. We're here. We're up in this hoe, the third one here at Cam Studios in northwestern Pennsylvania, a little place called Erie, right next door to what my idiotville colleagues like to call Alcohol Alley. Don't go there, Nick. No. You might have a crackhead pee on you. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Nick. Nick. My brother, he has decided to join us for episode three, Candyman. Yeah. Candyman, 1992. Don't say his name in the mirror five times, Nick. Nope. He's in gutcha. Yep, you get a hook to the gut. The gut or the balls straight to the chin pubes. Yeah, get stung Yeah, all the way up. Oh, ooh. Yeah, that's not good, especially if you're allergic. Yeah, you don't want to get stung by bees. No, I'm allergic to a lot of things. Bees is not one of them, thank God. <laughs> yeah, Candyman. 1992 supernatural horror film written directed by Bernard Rose. Looked him up. I don't know anything he's done at all. Nope. Nope. Nothing. But the film follows a Chicago grad student um, completing a thesis on urban legends and folklore, which leads her to uh, Candyman, of course. And, uh, and then a lot of shit goes down. Candyman was the ghost of an artist and son of a slave person who was murdered in the late 19th century after a relationship with the daughter of a wealthy white man. That's some racist shit right there. Jeez. Yep, they did not like interracial relationships. No, they definitely came to him. They got him, for sure. But then he gets everybody else. Yeah, (laughs) that's for sure. The film came uh, to fruition after a chance meeting between Rose and Barker. Uh, Clive Barker, for people that don't know, wrote the the short story, The Forbidden, which Candyman is based off of. And and Barker did uh, Hellraiser, too, in 19... 1987, for those who don't know. That was based off a short story, too. Damn, Barker and your short stories. Yep. Yeah, so Rose expressed interest. Barker sold the story off to him, but he changed it up because Barker's uh, book had themes of the British class system, and Rose uh, flip-flopped it to Cabrini Green. I'm not going to be able to say that right. Uh, Public housing development in Chicago and focused on themes of race and social class in the inner cities instead of uh, the U.K., so it's a nice little switch up, for sure. And it was released on October 16th, 1992 by TriStar Pictures, received generally positive reviews and grossed $25 million in the U.S., followed by two sequels, Don't See Them, Fable Out of the Flesh in 95, and <laughs> Candyman Day of the Dead in 99, Trash and Trash. And then Never the dir- seen either of them. Good. Don't. <laughs> and then the direct <laughs> sequel came out yesterday, so um, Nick and I are going to see that eventually and figure out... Figure out uh, how good or bad that one is and we will review that one as well yes coming up soon i'm excited i'm like i'm actually excited for that one and anybody that listens to this podcast knows that i'm kind of uh iffy on the uh the new stuff at least it's not a reboot yeah yeah um yeah yeah i'll give the whole direct sequel thing a, a chance it just it deletes all the other canon which in this case is good because the other two are garbage um the film stars uh virginia madsen as helen lyle and uh, Tony Todd is Candyman. How about this? Eddie Murphy was originally considered for the role, but the producers couldn't afford him. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know, but Tony Todd's so tall and brooding and just that booming voice. I don't know if I could see Eddie Murphy doing he's, that. He's definitely the better choice. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I can't take Eddie Murphy seriously. That, well, that's the thing. That's the thing about all movies with, uh, with comedians trying to do serious roles. Like, I can't, I can't take Jack Black seriously. No. Um... What other one did I watch recently that had a comedian in it? And I'm like, I can't do it. Oh, that, that new Saw. Oh, gosh. Spiral. Oh, yeah, I probably won't Chris even. Chris Rock. 
I probably wouldn't bother reviewing that. It was hot, hot garbage. Yeah, yeah, Chris Rock. Yeah, when when I see him too trying to do a serious role, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't. I don't know. I just crack up. Like when Jack Black was in uh, King Kong. Oh man, I couldn't take him serious the whole time. I was just laughing my ass off. His face just makes you laugh. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and uh, who else is in this movie? Uh, Xander Berkeley as uh, Trevor Trevor Lyle, which is Virginia Madsen's uh, husband, cheating husband, um, and college professor as well. So obviously he's banging those students, freaking pig. And uh, yeah, Vanessa Williams as a. Uh, Anne Marie McCoy and Cassie Lemons is uh, Bernadette, which Bernadette is um, Helen Lyle's friend in the movie who um, helps her kind of seek out Candyman, so to speak. Um, overall, I love this movie. Candyman's definitely one of my favorites. And I always say on the show, too, how when you're a horror fan, you don't really have an all time list. You just like everything. Well, I mean, you don't like everything. You can obviously dislike things. But I love so many horror movies that I can't bring myself to like create a list. But this is like, let's put it this way instead of a list, I now have movies that I highly recommend to people. And this is definitely one of them. Yes. I, I mean, I love anything that Barker does. I mean, if you haven't seen uh, Nightbreed, you definitely have to see Nightbreed too. Nightbreed's freaking great. So good. Um, yeah, Helen Lyle plays a, well, she doesn't play, geez, Virginia Madsen plays Helen Lyle, but Helen Lyle is a Chicago, uh, somatic student learning of the Candyman, a spirit who, if you say his name five times in the mirror, as we said, um, he appears and, uh, kills the summoner with a bloody hook for a hand. So just like a stub, just a nub. With a hook. With a hook on it. Big old hook. Ooh, man. Cow hook. He just like shoves that in you with force he doesn't even fuck around it's brutal <laughs> it is <laughs> and that's the thing that i like about the movie too is it was kind of like you're watching these characters develop and as he basically uses helen to um strike fear back into people and in believing in him um he makes it so that the cops think that she did these murders and as the viewer you know that he did it so you're like you know i mean you're just as stressed out as she is because you're like fuck they're gonna get her again and he's just getting away with it the whole time um yeah her and her her friend uh bernadette decide to uh, repeat Candyman in the, the mirror and nothing happens and uh, they decide to work on a thesis about how the residents use Candyman to cope with uh the hardships of living in the projects. And uh, Helen first learned about Candyman from uh, some cleaning ladies that were talking about him and a, uh, a recent murder. What was her name again? Ruthie Jean. Ruthie Jean, yeah. It was actually based off of a real murder that happened of Ruth May McCoy. Which I never knew. Yes. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah, so they go and investigate the projects where, uh, where she was murdered. And then uh, that one that one guy tries attacking her. And then I, I love the scene where she's in the police station and uh, they're going through all the suspects of, of who attacked Helen. And they, they all have to walk up. They all have to stand in front and go, heard you're looking for Candyman, bitch. <laughs> and, like, every single time they say it, I crack up. I don't know That's why. Great. I just think it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. And he was just, like, some thug dude. Uh, from Cabrini Green. I'm never going to be able to say that right. Uh, 
and uh, yeah, so she's attacked by him and survives, and then identifies the attacker who, like I said, becomes the head of a gang, and uh, yeah. So there's that, and then the police obviously assume that he's responsible for the murders. However, um, the real Candyman appears to Helen in a parking garage after that and hypnotizes her. And that, that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because that's where he actually like when he first shows up and she first sees him, and it's just I don't know, it's so good. It's just like empty parking garage and there's this booming voice of this tall man just standing there with a yeah. fucking hook for a hand like his chill. voice is so ominous too it's <laughs> it's great it really is oh man however the real Candyman appears in the parking lot yeah and then uh and then she helen blacks out and awakens in Anne marie's apartment where she discovers that the rottweiler has been decapitated and uh, the woman's son is missing and uh helen's attacked obviously by Anna Marie because um well <laughs> she thinks that Helen did it and that's uh that's that goes back to what I was talking about where you know he uses Helen to uh to kill all these people and the cops always think that it's her because she wakes up and she's the only one there yeah. and she's covered in blood and there's a dog's head on the fucking floor I mean <laughs> poor Helen oh yeah man. it really fucks her up yeah it sure does cuz then Trevor her husband bails her out of jail um, and uh, back of the apartment she's looking at photos and finds Candyman in one of them and then he peers behind her and he cuts her neck and uh, and she passes out because of it and Bernadette shows up and uh, to the apartment and then when uh, Helen awakens uh, Bernadette is dead and then she's taken a psych ward holy shit I mean Candyman's really doing a number on her and, and the thing is, is like Candyman fell in love with a white woman had a baby with her her father sends a lynch mob, you know, they, they put bees all over him and burn him and his ashes are spread on the uh, land that eventually becomes Cabrini Green. And um, they say that also that Helen uh, had a striking resemblance to his ex-lover, I guess you could say. So th- I think that's why he's kind of drawn to her, too. So it's like it ends up being like a slasher horror movie and a love story and like an urban legend folklore thing. Like I just I just like all of that. I feel like it really uh, sucks you in as a viewer. It's a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just like Michael or Jason just slashing his way. Because I guess you could kind of uh, put Candyman in the in the slasher genre, so to speak. I think so anyway. And I, and I think it was. It wasn't racist. I think it was great for for the for horror at that time, especially let's face it, a lot of nineties horror was garbage. So for this to come out and kind of be different, I I, I give it some, a lot of kudos for that too, because I feel like it it gave the African American community their slasher too. You know what I mean? Like not saying they can't like Freddie and Jason and Michael and all that stuff, but I feel like it gave them somebody to like root for. I guess you could say because we all root for the villain in these movies. Let's face it, and. Tony Todd's the man, which I hope I hope he's in the new movie. I haven't seen him in the credits or anything. Have you heard that he's in it? Uh, not yet, no. I'm not sure if he's in it or not. And somebody said that the main character in the new one is the um, young child at the end of this one who yes. survives Candyman. That's, That's what true. I've heard also, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so she, so she gets sent to the psych ward, and the psychiatrist a month in um, asks her to summon Candyman. This scene's brutal, and Candyman appears behind him and just basically like, guts him all the way up. He don't give a shit, and he's like <laughs> grunting while he's doing it. It's brutal. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, I've seen some fucked up shit watching a lot of these movies, but that seems crazy. And that's the thing, like, Candyman was gory, but not, like, too gory. It was just gory enough. I don't know. I mean, some people don't like gore, but I feel like sometimes you just need it in there. Um, And then, so, Helen returns home, confronts Trevor uh, about his cheating ways, and then she flees to Cabrini Green to come confront the Candyman and rescue Anthony, because Anthony was... uh, was kidnapped after the Rottweiler was decapitated. And uh, she finds Candyman in his lair. I, I loved his lair. Behind with the mirror. Yeah, mirror. yeah. And it, I like I loved his lair with, like, the painted, the big mural of him, and then, you know, his mouth with the hole, and she yeah. climbs out of it. And it's like – and he was, he was an artist back in, you know, the, uh, the 1800s or 1900s, whichever it was. And um, so I guess it kind of, like, throws back to that too, you know what I mean? Like, it's – I don't know. There's just so many things about this movie that, that's great. Um, so she goes to his lair, and uh, and he opens his coat, revealing his rib cage with the bees and shit. Like that's odd. <laughs> I love that. Oh man, and they're pouring out of his mouth, and he like so kisses her and shit. Like, and yeah, and then he vanishes with Anthony, and she awakens to discover the, the mural, obviously that I was talking about, um, and his lover who strikingly, you know, is uh, resembles her. So that that basically shows her the like, oh fuck. I'm in trouble. And, uh, yeah. And then uh, Candyman promises her to release Anthony if she helps him strike fear in a Cabrini Green's residence. However, attempting to uh, feed his legend, the Candyman attempts to burn both Helen and Anthony in a bonfire. And um, he obviously uh, fails at that and is destroyed by the flames. And yeah. Helen saves Anthony um, but dies from yeah, severe burns. crawls burn. in the fire and saves yeah. him. Yeah. And the, and the, all the townspeople are around too. Yeah, it's it's like really yeah. <laughs> sucker. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so she passes away. Um, but they uh, the, all the residents go to her funeral, which is really nice. And then um, at home, a grief-stricken uh, Trevor looks in the mirror and says Helen's name five times, and she appears and uh, kills him with the hook. So now she's basically. Uh, part of that part of that folklore yeah and i and that's that's why i hate the second one because they don't bring her into it they don't really mention her at all um they really don't return to that at all and and i liked how that ending did that i don't know why they wouldn't i know right (laughs) it's like some new woman i I forget what the plot is it's been a while since i've seen it but it's definitely not worth seeing if you're gonna end it on that note why wouldn't you make the second one right and that's the thing that's the thing about some horror movies that i'm gonna kind of slam here for a minute is the fact that like a lot of endings don't make fucking sense. No. Like, there's there's the ending to uh, Friday the th- 13th Part 5, where at the end, Tommy Jarvis is in the hospital, and then the, uh, his girlfriend comes in to check on him, and then he's behind her with a Jason mask and a knife. Yeah. And then, like, they never touch on it in the <laughs> next one, because there's uh, Tommy Jarvis again trying to fucking kill Jason. You know what I mean? So, like, the endings didn't make much sense. I don't... Sometimes they just don't. Or if they do something like that, it's like, why, like you said, why wouldn't you continue that they always seem to set things up and then they don't follow through with right. them on the next movie oh god uh, new directors and stuff they're like right they want to do their, their own, own thing right right these throw things out and that's how <laughs> shit gets fucked up <laughs> right and that's when you have two <laughs> shitty sequels following this movie yep. in, in 96 and 99 which aren't even worth watching but that like we said we're going to review that new one and uh that'll be a f- i think that'll be a fun one i think peel's going to do a good job i I'm excited about it. I've seen headlines of uh, of what people think about it, and it's getting really good reviews as far as the headlines go. 
Um, I haven't really clicked on anything because I don't want anything to be spoiled for me. But um, I'm like I'm yeah. liking it. I'm liking the idea. I've only watched one trailer once. I saw I, I I did I saw the first trailer and I didn't really bother to see the other two because I don't want them to show me too much. And yeah. as we know in the world of movies, the further you get with the trailers, the more shit they show you. Yeah. You know who did a really good job with trailers was that Ghostbusters one. Even the second one that came out, they just gave you enough for you to taste it and, and to kind of know what was going on, but they didn't spoil anything, which I, I loved about it. It really got my rocks real hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. There's a lot of good movies coming out. Nick's also a uh, comic book nerd, too. Oh, yeah. That new Spider-Man trailer was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had to, I, I watched it a couple times already. Yeah, that's going to be the bee's knees. I can't wait. Who knows? We might even shift on this show and talk about other movies, too, but... Horror is definitely the main one, but yeah, like we just did, we segued over to Spider-Man. I mean, we'll we'll probably go off on tangents a lot. And uh, speaking of tangents, I think we're going to take a break and we'll be right back and uh, give you some news and final thoughts and all that jazz. And thanks for joining me today, Nick. It's it's been fun. Oh, and, yeah, definitely. And we'll uh, we'll be back in a minute. So uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. All right. What's going on, everybody? Ryan Seabrest here to tell you that we have some big things in the works here at Idiot Bill Productions. New shows including Shaggy's House of Horrors, Wrestling with History, and Uppy and the Stash. All on top of Trash Sports Takes, Charleston in Charge, The Cafe Music, and of course, The Mothership, Erie PA's favorite podcast, Idiot Bill. Be on the lookout for all of these exciting ventures, and we look forward to growing with you. Welcome back, everybody. Continuation of episode three here with my co-host, Nick. We back. We back. We about to talk some news. Uh, according to uh, horrornewsnetwork.net, not only will John Carpenter's horror film legacy grow this October with the release of Halloween Kills, but his influence on comic books will be felt as well, which this is up Nick's alley, which is why I picked it for yeah. the top news story. Uh, John Carpenter's Tales for uh, Halloween Night, Volume 7 from... Storm King Comics is scheduled to hit comic book shops October 5th, the day after my birthday, and just 10 days before the premiere of the latest Halloween movie uh, in the franchise, as reported by comicbook.com. The horror anthology includes 13 twisted tales of terror, tricks, and treats, according to the publisher, and is the latest volume of illustrated stories uh, curated by Carpenter himself, which is awesome. And then uh, Robert Eggers, the filmmaker behind such genre hits as The Witch and The Lighthouse, which I love both of them. They're both yeah, great. They are. They're, uh, they're slow the burns, though. Awesome. They're slow burns for people that don't. People always want so much out of their movies, but I feel like the slow burns are the best ones. And, uh, yeah, those are definitely two to check out, The Witch and The Lighthouse. Shit, we might even do uh, reviews on both of those. I love those. The Lighthouse, Lighthouse is twisted. Really good. <laughs> Super twisted. And the witch made me hate goats even more than I already do. <laughs> um, so he uh, he said several years back that he wanted to uh, reunite with star Anya Taylor-Joy to remake the 1922 silent horror classic Nosferatu. And I guess the plans are still on the drawing board, according to a report on uh, Collider.com. So that'll be neat. I, I actually never, I've never seen Nosferatu. I know about it. I've heard about him a million times. Um, but uh, She was great in the New Mutants. Oh, that's where she's from. Yeah. Okay. 
all right, no, I'm down with that. And I, was she in The Witch, too? I can't remember if yes, she was. Yes, she was. Was she? Yes. Oh, okay. So he likes her then, I guess, huh? Yeah. And as for the Nosferatu remake, uh, this won't be the first time the iconic vampire film, loosely based on Bram Stoker's novel Dracula, which Bram Stoker's Dracula, that's a great movie, too, um, will be attempted. And uh, Werner Herzog has directed uh, a reboot of the movie, 1979's Nosferatu, The Vampire. So it's been done a couple times. Um, and they say that it might, the remake will likely not, uh, start shooting until the end of 2022. So we have a little while for Nosferatu to return, which, uh, that'll be neat. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. We might want to do the lighthouse soon. I got to revisit that one. I'd like to do that one. Willem Dafoe's amazing in that movie. And Robert Pattinson doesn't get enough credit for his acting chops. He gets slammed for... Twilight. For Twilight all the time. But so does Kristen Stewart, and I honestly think she's not bad either. Like, y- you can't slam actors and actresses for being shitty when a script is so shitty. You know what right. I mean? You, ca- you can't act around that garbage Twilight bullshit. We'd sound horrible on that. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> Fuck Twilight. But yeah, Nick, I guess you, you found some news that's uh, pretty juicy too, huh? Yeah, you got uh, Ethan Hawke is going to be in this... Uh, new horror film, The Black Phone, which is based off of Joe Hill's book of the same name. He's uh, a Stephen, Stephen King's, King's son. son. Yeah, they say they say he's just as good as, as his father, if not better. And he, I guess he takes a lot of elements that King has written in his novels, like uh, Derry, the town of Derry, and and it and stuff like that. And he and he sprinkles it into a lot of his yeah. storytelling, which is cool. He's going to be uh, with writer director Scott Derrickson, who uh, did Sinister. And he was on Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, but he uh, dropped out. Oh. Sam Raimi's doing it now. Well, which, which I'm totally down with. Yeah. Evil Dead, Spider-Man. Scott Derrickson did the first Doctor Strange, though. Oh, yeah. okay. So he must like Ethan Hawke, too, because Ethan Hawke was in Sinister as well. Yeah. Which is one of the newer horror films that I like. It actually scared the fuck out of me. But yeah, it's, uh, it's about an abducted boy who gets locked in a basement with, uh, where a bunch of children were murdered. And there's a phone down there that's disconnected, but it rings in the middle of the night with calls from the dead. <laughs> so it sounds pretty wild. Hello? Can you hear me now? <laughs> I feel like the worst Verizon commercial ever. <laughs> so it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Don't answer that phone. Man. There was a trailer that they premiered. It was a Comic-Con, at, uh, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, because we tried looking up the trailer before doing this news, and, uh, and we couldn't find it. It was just cast news. Well, it was uh, uh, Universal Pictures uh, released it on Wednesday at a presentation, the annual convention of movie theater owners in Las Vegas. Huh. So it was just... So for, it'll it'll come soon. For movie theater owners to uh, see movies and see what they want to bring to their theaters. Yeah, hype it like up. That. Yeah. We'll be seeing that one. Oh, yeah. Phones from the dead. Yeah, don't answer the (laughs) phone, Nick. Don't say Candyman's name in the fucking mirror five times. Nope. Just don't do it. Don't do that. Nothing. Is that all we got? Yeah. Is that it for now? It doesn't look like there's a release date. Oh, no. It's uh, set to hit theaters January 28th, 2022, the black phone. Okay, so not not too far. No. We'll be doing that one. Yeah. We'll be doing that one for sure. And Nick and I are going to... uh, Watch the new Candyman probably sometime next week and then get in here and uh, review that one as well. Can't wait. So, yeah, we're growing this show little by little. Um, you can find me on Twitter 
at uh, Shaggy0077. And you can also visit our Facebook page. Just search Shaggy's House of Horrors. And you can jump in there and talk to us about stuff. We'll, we'll post topics and whatnot. And you can get in on the conversation there and help us build our show that way. And uh, any suggestions you guys have, just hop on there and, and let us know. And, and we'll, we'll do different things on here as time goes by. We're just kind of, uh, kind of learning as we go, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the news. That's Candyman. That's, uh, that's it for us, I think, for today. Uh, don't forget, Idiotville Productions um, is uh, it's growing, growing really fast. Uh, this has been an Idiotville production, and it's a uh, home of such uh, shows as Trash Sports Takes, La Cafe Music, Charleston in Charge, uh, Uppy in the Stash, and, of course, uh, Idiotville's favorite podcast, or Erie's favorite podcast, Idiotville. But I guess it's, it's all Idiotville, and it's, it's all new, and it's, we have a bunch of stuff going on here, and it's great. It really is. I can't wait. I, I listen to a lot of our other podcasts, and I love everybody on this whole crew. So I uh, thank you for uh, stopping by, and hopefully you can become a permanent member of Idiotville as well, Nick. Oh, yeah. No doubt. All right, well, that's it for us, and uh, we'll be back with the uh, new Candyman soon. And, uh, yeah, we out. Peace outside. <laughs> Candyman, 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 Candyman.